Why do songs transport us so vividly? Why do we forget names, co-workers, and our glasses, but remember every lyric to that album we loved when we were 12? There's a special alchemy that happens when music, memory, and place come together. Our mind's eye sees the past sometimes with crystal clarity, and other times with fuzzy outlines, but rarely in a linear or chronologically tidy way. Memories tumble and fragment, but that song always brings us right back to that place. Our bodies pass through the space of other people's stories all the time. We ask 10 writers to think of a place within the city of Berkeley where something meaningful or memorable happened to them, and then to write a story inspired by that place. Some are fact, some are fiction, and some live somewhere in between. I'm Madeline Oldham, dramaturg and co-sound designer. This week on Berkeley Rep's Place Settings, we bring you a story of one man's soundtrack to his personal and political past, inspired by Berkeley's bygone Leopold's records. For the Record by Sean San Jose, read by the author. You remember records? Records like albums, record players, record stores, 45s and LPs, original style 12 inches, extended play, music going on and on. Let's find some music and play this one out. Both sides beyond the radio friendly single. Let's play that kind of music, soul music. But where to find it? 1986. Leopold's, of course. Leopold's Records, right in the center of the main shopping strip in Berkeley. Durant Street, quarter block up from Telegraph. A block and a half from the campus. Not just the campus, but the Sather Gates entrance. The site of the historic protests from free speech to civil rights to our more modern times Black Lives Matter gatherings. That's the background music. The reality is... Stephanie, Tiana, and somehow me. I found myself on the other side of the bridge. It was a Friday and it was hot and everyone was flocking to Berkeley. Everywhere from Oakland, from San Francisco, from even lame-ass San Jose. All to Telegraph Avenue. And while everyone was busy trying to get someone to buy up drink for them, or to see if the baggie had more weed than seeds, or how to check if a piece of acid was more than gray paper, there I was, walking past what seemed like 50 pizza spots. Look, I'm city. I'm the mission. You're going to tell me I can walk more than five blocks in the thick of things and not find a single taqueria, but instead, just pizza joints. Yeah. I must be in a white city. Mm, Not quite. Or a college town. Mm, Somewhat. But they do have record stores. Who doesn't want to work in a record store? You 17 and you ain't got a record player? Still, I want to be around records all the time. So I went direct to Leopold's, or by the time I made my way into Berkeley on AC Transit. We called AC Transit any coming transit made it up to telegraph avenue and right into leopold's i spent all day in the aisles and with the crates on the floor happiest hours alone 
And when I left, after looking at and scanning liner notes of hundreds of albums, I had one single record I got to buy. Then I saw the sign, job opening. You fill out a sheet of paper and you make up a list of jobs you were supposed to have done as a 19-year-old. Of course, I lied about my age. Please. I may have not finished school, but I could write enough to fill out a fake resume. And I did. Dropped it off as I left. And then I had nowhere to go for hours just alone in Berkeley. Boringest hours alone until... 12.20 a.m. And the fools are still going wild on Telegraph. And I'm still figuring out a way to get out of just being lost. And here they come. The employees. Leopold's staff out of work. And then, out of nowhere, these four white boys go nuts. They try and rush the door of Leopold. And they start swinging and kicking and breaking windows. And it's like... What the hell you doing, man? And in the middle of the madness, this dreaded girl, the one who works there, she pulls out a strap. Yeah. And here, in front of Leopold's, this young lady has a gun upright, not all side cocked at some stupid video game like 45 degree angle, but upright to show it and to be ready to shoot it. And two of the people, not necessarily with her, but who worked with her, just stop and stare. So there she is, holding the space solo. She shouts at one of these insane-ass white boys, Step off! And then someone from the street or one of the animal white boys screeches, She got a gun! And even with dumbass, eyeball-crossed, dizzyingly drunk, mainly white college students, you say gun? Whether you've seen one, heard one, or actually been near one, you know how to run when they say there is one. Or, those that know, run. The rest just scream or slap each other and start bumping into more of each other. I just stood there, staring, not at the gun, but at the way she stood there just holding it and that's how I met Stephanie and then boom jumping ahead in the grooves Stephanie married Tiana well not married but something like elope with nothing legally to bind it but we all took that drive up 80 and eventually to I-5 to 75 and by the time the sun was hitting you remember records, correct? Well, let's check it. Here is a record for you. Hot Buttered Soul, Isaac Hayes. Well, it was like that. Like Ike Hayes singing in the key of Burt Bacharach. By the time I get to the sun, she'll be rising. By the time the sun was not just rising, but unbelievably damn hot and dry as hell, we were in, you guess it? Las Vegas. This trip felt like the cloud I wish we could have kept floating on, feeling like, is this what free is? I was there, backseat and always floating on this feeling, the strength of Stephanie and the spirit of Tiana, almost too much, them together. 
and they were making it official. I was to be their witness. But nah, Tiana, in her supernova style, said, no, there is no way they let two women, two black women, ha, get married. So this is what we are going to do. And we did. There is no way you wouldn't try and make a mission with Tiana happen. So this was the trip. Now, I would marry Stephanie. Well, not really marry her, but get the license for Tiana, and then she would have the license, see? And then they, Stephanie and Tiana, would be married and free. We started by me using the initial T to leapfrog stating a female name, but that doesn't actually help when you get to the part where it says sex and it's M or F. Lying to get the license is not the same as lying on the license, we figured, even in Las Vegas. But in the end, what's the point if it doesn't legally marry them? It's all about legal rights. We never been given any rights. Anyone in here you've seen, sound like, can cite, can speak to, any of us who have felt attacked by those four white boys in some way in life, we who all been in the wrong lane about getting rights. For all of us who have been denied it, whether it's Stephanie and Tiana or even me. We, the ones with no real rights, laboring for legal rights. That's the bay, baby. So we have to try and take them. They set it up so the only way we can take them is by fighting and fighting till the fight is so much for them that they fold. And like leftovers, they toss us the scraps to make a feast out of. You remember records, right? Well, let's check it. Here's another album. Equal Rights. Peter Tosh, when he sings, We need equal rights and justice. Plenty of dreads out near Telegraph, and they still looking for the justice. Looking, looking. We looking for any of these drive-through churches in all of Las Vegas where I can sign and she can be the one to marry, then Stephanie and Tiana can be two wedded women. Keep on looking. To think we would drive to Nevada to get something that exists in the Bay. But does it really exist in the Bay if it ain't legal? No. And so, what's legal? What's not? That first night I saw Stephanie, it was all about legal and illegal. Guns. Who gets to have them and use them? There she was, Stephanie, standing, surrounded by these jacked-up white boys trying to bum-rush her. And she pulled out the strap. Easy, clear, self-defense, right? I see her like a vision of our Wild West. Her hand raised high with a pistol, holding off these four would-be thieves, wild cowboys prepared to pillage. Please, not with Miss Stephanie. But as the dust settled, like I imagine after the horses have been secured outside some saloon with the swinging wooden doors, after that calm, here comes the sheriff. In this case, in the real real of our lives, that was the Berkeley Police Department. You remember records, okay? Well, let me flip it. Here is a record for you. Very Telegraph. Riders on the Storm. The Doors. L.A. Woman. Into this house we're born. Into this world we're thrown. 
and we were definitely feeling thrown into this world and suddenly on the run. Me too, I guess, but really, it was these women. This is all about these women, really. I just get to tell the story. That's what happens when you are not the one actually holding the world aloft, but when you are instead the one watching, amazed at how superpowers do exist. Especially in the East Bay, and surely in East Oakland, where the roots rise up and out. You remember records, come on. Well, let me clean this up, in case I lost any heads by throwing you off with the doors. Here is a record for you. Superwoman. Stevie Wonder. Music of my mind. Mary wants to be a superwoman. That is a rare album I really held in my hands at Leopold's. That was about all I could do. Hold it. The one that has Superwoman, Where Were You When I Needed You. Yes, I found it in the import stacks in Leopold that day. Before night came and the would-be looting and shooting, before all this, before my life changed, before I met Stephanie, I found Superwoman that day. The album was actually a bootleg, Funkified Rainbow, Stevie, Live. I was so excited, but $49.99 was, come on, not gonna happen. I sure didn't have it, so definitely didn't get to buy it. And you know the thing about buying bootleg albums? You don't know what you're really getting, but the possibilities? Shoot. She didn't shoot that night. Stephanie held that pistol high. And the loudest thing was her scream. She screamed at these fools. Back off! Get out of here! Get the hell away! That was about it. And these four white boys, after approaching in shouts and a surging violence, they just froze. Fools frozen right there on the steps of Leopold's. I was frozen too. My eyes locked, unlike everyone else, on her eyes, Stephanie standing upright and righteous. Years before, the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense had stood on the front steps of the Alameda County Courthouse, armed and all ready for the revolution, in the same county, standing on steps. But shit, there was no real revolution that was realized, because here we were, fighting in actual self-defense, but just for the basics. Still, did you know that Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seale got their bulk copies of the Little Red Books right in Berkeley, said to be steps away from the campus, just like Leopold's, steps away. But did you know that the same Berkeley campus has one of the most shameful amounts of black students? Did you? Did they let us know that? No. In the same distance, to walk from Leopold's to save their gates, you can walk to the Martin Luther King Student Union. The mere number of footsteps you take to get there will far outnumber the actual number of black students in there. Might actually match the entire number for the whole university. And in the same country, the same state, the same city, this same number one public university where we let White supremacy kill affirmative action. And there was no action after Stephanie raised that pistol and gave her own air raid alarm. Back up! And of course, 
No one got killed that night. Not there. There was not a shot fired. Not by Stephanie. The white boys were not hurt by her. Their snowflake-melted eagles aside, they were not hurt. But shit did go down. Because, like I told you, the police arrived on the scene. And what happens? I know. This is 1986. And we all want to say, it's Berkeley. And we hold on to the California dream. But, come on now. We future tripped to now. We know. And we knew even more then. Then, here come Berkeley police, red lights flashing and clearing the block just with the sound of their whoop. And they're barking through the cop car megaphone. Stephanie's co-workers all fell back, quickly made their way against the store wall. And the angry dogs that once was these white boys now turn muzzled, if not mute, in the face of their master. And Stephanie, standing alone, Everything before her at age 19, now set to crash. She was working a job, like an actual job. Do you know how many of us in the face of temptation actually opted for a real J-O-B? Working retail? Really, if the news wasn't showing it, the neighborhood was this. There was a real sales job happening, and anyone from age 14 on up could sell it and sell out their whole block if you lived in certain spots, and these certain spots were spreading and spreading. So here Stephanie was, standing her ground in the onslaught of an epidemic. And this alone does not make her a shero, but shit. You survived, actually survived the crack epidemic. The real history is yet to be told on that, so it's best not to speak out of turn on it in the country that created war on drugs, which is to say war on its people, which always means war on black folks first. If you traveled from the Western Edition in San Francisco across the bridge on a connector bus to AC Transit moving through West Oakland into Berkeley, you would see really see what I actually mean. And those who live there know. Temptation's about to get me. There's a record. I can hear it floating in the air. Leopold still had a 45 record section then, and I looked for this 145 more than once, but never found it. The Knight Brothers. That was my mom and auntie's music. Though I had left home, it still sang to me, Temptation's bound to get me, and all my strength will come tumbling down. But Stephanie stood strong, and something got a hold of me. That night, the night I met Stephanie and later Tiana, I ran up to Stephanie. She flinched and started to reel back like in some old gangster movie, like she was going to pistol whip me. Maybe she would have, but her senses told her, not now, because she could see behind me and knew who was coming. I was just a flea to be flicked before the pigs approached her, and, and like that, I flew in. Suddenly, I had the gun in my possession. And then Stephanie could tell whatever story she needed in the face of these wasted white boys. And how it worked is because the cops didn't care. 
not in the clear way we know they don't care now because of all the videos we see, but like they didn't care to go through the effort of dealing with a minor. That is what I was compared to, say, Stephanie, a minor issue, nothing major, enough to say I was 17 it was likely too much a pain in the ass for them to go ahead with any type of prosecution. I could say it was a gun I found, and what kind of case did they want to work to make against a wandering kid, not even from their county, who posed a third-level threat at most? So they gave me the teach-him-a-lesson situation. And after sitting and holding long enough to be offered the bologna sandwich and an orange, I was released, ordered to never return to Berkeley. Okay, sure and received back my possessions, which only really included a bus card, a bit of rolled up money, and a Leopold's bag, with exactly one piece of vinyl in it. Stephanie now stood, and I'm not making this up for phony resonance, but it had to be on Martin Luther King Boulevard, where she greeted me, and at her side was Tiana. My introduction to Tiana was her asking me, so, you want to get out of Berkeley now, boy? Let's bounce. We got in a not-quite-busted brown Monza. I said, Monza, not Mazda, not Le Mans. If you don't know what a Monza is, good for you. You've been in better cars than I. And that was it. The three of us, thick as thieves, and nothing got taken even. We went that first night to Stephanie's house in the heart of East Oakland. Oh, I won't mention this as a record, but the true trivia here is it was to the same block where one Stanley Burrell grew up. Two years later, and everyone knew his goddamn name, M.C. Hammer, long before he then later became Reverend Burrell. And two, like the Knight Brothers I mentioned, Church singers turn secular. We were at Stephanie's, or really the home of Pastor Morrison, her father. So the first and only thing Pastor Morrison said was, Four horsemen of the apocalypse. They found you, young lady, and they is coming for you. You best to find Jesus if you don't want that fourth horseman to catch you. Then out comes the Bible, Revelation 6, 8. I looked, and behold, an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name of Death, and Hades was following with him. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill the sword, and with famine, and with pestilence, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Stephanie said nothing. Tough. Tiana put her hand to her heart and with her eyes closed said, Hallelujah, touched. But look, I come from a long line of Catholics and I am a sinner through and through. So I know from sermons being laid on me at home, let alone in the church. But this one, I don't know. You get attacked. The police give you grief and inches from beating you, you make it out. So when you arrive at home, the open arms is this? Here comes that green horseman to take you to Hades. I mean, but we are all already trying to break free from something. 
And for us with not much, the first move often comes with leaving home. With Stephanie, I could see why. I myself had left long ago for no other reason than, I don't know, something Tiana said years later. We restless souls. And restless we remain, though we all no longer remain. I mean to say, Tiana died. Yes, I know not the words to express that tragedy. There's not a record for that, for her. Just this, we never recovered, really, ever. Even if we survived an epidemic, then a second, Tiana... Tiana is the orbiting planet here to the comet of Stephanie I clung to. I can't reminisce to Tiana's story. There's just too much soul there. Lost. Lost. We lost Tiana. And I got no record to play because I still don't know how to even talk about it. Her. Perhaps the pastor's revelation was not quite right. There was a fourth horseman, but it came for Tiana, not Stephanie, not that night. Now Stephanie was the shining star that fell in front of me and always lit it up, always. And I don't know if she knew how much shine she held. She couldn't see the way I see her, maybe. So, Stephanie... Stephanie, after Tiana, she was like a rocket, just took off like the real rider she is. She rode out and up and left the whole of it all. She told me this place just gave her too much to allow her peace. And she was out. Old family, close friends, the city, the state. Gone, baby, gone. I still get old school postcards from her every, I don't know. Maybe it's been a long time since I got one. But, but my life was filled from that night on, meeting Stephanie, then Tiana. I still talk to the two of them, but just me, in my car now. No public transportation for this one anymore. That's what growing up on the bus can do to you, make you a transport snob. So that's me. But I am imagining it is us before, and we are driving in the Monza that night, leaving Pastor Morrison's, heading down Seminary to Tiana's place. When you come down Seminary off the freeway, the Seminary side is on your right. It's dark. You have no idea what is in there and what is going on. That first night we stopped, we just pulled over, and we drank there right on seminary, kind of held the one bottle up, poured some out, beige drank, passed it, I spit some up, we all smiled, got back in the car like we had been doing it forever, and two, like it was the prom we never had. Patti LaBelle, her Winner in You album came out before the holidays that year, 1986. I found a pre-sale copy at Leopold's. Yes, that is the record I left the store with that day. 
And when I went to Stephanie's and ended up with all of us staying over at Tiana's for the first time, that record has the song, Something Special Is Gonna Happen Tonight. Should have told me all I needed to know. This story was written and read by Sean San Jose, a writer, director, performer, and co-founder of Campo Santo, a new performance company for people of color in San Francisco that has premiered nearly 100 new pieces and is committed to developing new performances and to nurturing people of color-centered new audiences. Berkeley Rep thanks our Rep On Air sponsor, the Bernard Osher Foundation, and place-setting sponsor, Berkeleyside. And we are so thankful to our Berkeley Rep season sponsors, Bruce Golden and Michelle Mercer, Jack and Betty Schaefer, the Strauch Kohangian family, Francis Hellman and Warren Breslau, Bart and Pete's Coffee for their generous support. This series is produced by Berkeley Repertory Theater. Sound designed by Lane Elms and Madeline Oldham. Our theme music is by Boyne Aurelio Malazar. You can find him on Bandcamp. Join us next week for a story by Aya De Leon. 